This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's Boomsies, episode number three, and we've got a theme song. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies. The North Coast Band, thank you very much. The North Coast Band putting that together for us. Now we're legit. You might remember them. If you follow me on Instagram, I did a project this summer called Danitized in which I reviewed Canadian products and they did that theme song as well. You might remember this. Danitized, danitized, you've just been danitized. What's that mean? What's that mean? I don't know, but now you're clean. Yes, catchy little jingle. So the North Coast band, follow them on Instagram. Send them your love. Ah, got the candle lit. I'm in my safe place. Just take a breath. Let's do that. So many days you're just you're just running around, getting kids at school or racing home from work to do dinner, and you just gotta here we go. We're relaxed now. We're we're in a good spot. Thanks for um, joining us once again. Glad you're part of our little uh, our little family. We've made it three episodes. We're we're still here. I want to start with corrections from uh, last week. I want to apologize for my breathing at some points. I had something wrong on the mic, so uh, I fixed that. I put a little mic sock here, but a lot of, uh, some of the times we fixed the audio. But if you got it when it first came out, it was like a lot of this. <laughs> So it won't be like that this time. So I apologize for that. Um, We also talked a lot about Sneaky Pete's, a restaurant in my hometown. And turns out it was not a standalone business, as in there were other Sneaky Pete's. This um, uh, This from Justin Walsh. Sneaky Pete's. One was in Belleville, too. Main sponsor of the 1986 Belleville Adam A. Provincial Champs. Team celebration dinner there. And all the dads got hosed. Bell Vegas, baby! Boom! Keep it going. Also, uh, I want to refer to Boom, which I said a lot on the last episode, and that disappointed someone, namely Danton Danielson. Hey, Dan, love the show so far. Glad you're back on the airwaves. I have to say I'm disappointed. In the low boomsy count in the first couple episodes. You've said the word boom a lot and need to turn those into boomsies. Get that sorted out. Best of luck. Sorry, Denton. Boomsies. Good email. Uh, And we talked about the jungle cat world. A lot of, a lot of feedback from this. Namely, people, one guy lost it on me. I had to block him. Because he's like, you don't know anything. You think you know tigers? I'm like, I don't know tigers at all. Tigers do like the snow. I said they don't. Tigers live in harsh environments where extremely cold temperatures and deep snow are common. Their body is well adapted to the cold climate. So I apologize. I didn't know this. I kind of did because there's Siberia, Siberian tigers and it's cold in Siberia. Another uh, Cat World reference. In episode two, this is from Nick. Uh, In episode two, you talked about a Cat World park up the road from where you live. I've actually been there when I was a kid. The whole trip ended 
when I threw up on a picnic table. Okay. And um, this one, a lot of people have sent me this when you search boomsies. This from Jason Johnson. So listen to the podcast on my phone. Fantastic. Then thought, hey, let's watch it on my smart TV. That should be fun. So turned on my TV and spoken to my remote. YouTube boomsies. Four times, no less. Each time it called up boobies. I changed my game plan to say YouTube Dan O'Toole and all was well. Careful, kids. Looking forward to the next one. So, no boobies. Just boomsies. And we talked about uh, a restaurant in downtown Oshawa. Gave a recommendation to Matthew, who had just moved to Oshawa. And I said, Here, here's your new favorite restaurant. We got a follow-up. My new home closed in Oshawa on Friday. On the journey to pick up my keys, my lady and I were listening to Boomsies episode two. When we heard you read my email, as per your recommendation, right after we stepped foot in our new home and heard our tummies go rum-rums, we called up Bollywood Taco. That place is the bomb diggity. Any doubt I had about moving to Oshawa has vanished with one bite of a curry chicken taco, the best thing I put in my mouth in a long time. Excited to hear more recommendations. Boomsies. Matt. Hey, there you go. We don't steer you wrong. We only steer you in the right direction. Boomsies. Also, if you're watching the YouTube version, I'm drinking out of a curling mug. Everyone's like, where'd you get that? I have no clue. They came and shot commercials here and they brought a bunch of stuff. And before they left, they said, you just want this? I said, yeah. I think maybe Canadian Tire. Speaking of which, Canadian Tire gets a lot of play on this podcast. Canadian Tire has a new candle out. Everyone thinks it's a joke, but it's not. It's Canadian Tire candle scent of the store. And if you've been in a Canadian Tire, that's a mixture of oil, rubber, plastic, and sweaty men. Get that candle in here. We're going to test it out on um, one of the future episodes. Uh, what a weekend of football, though. Oh, my goodness. If I can be honest with you, and I, I'm sure you appreciate, appreciate the honesty. Appreciate. I haven't watched that much football in a long time, and I could not turn it off. Every single game went down to the final play. Every game was a thriller. Maybe the best weekend of football ever. Tom Brady, gone. A.A. Ron Rodgers, gone. Bengals, not gone. Three road teams win. And if you're an avid listener of Boomsies, which is why you're here, then you know that I gave one pick on last week's episode. Dan O'Toole, Savvy Gambler. I mispronounced it. Jayon Wright reached out to me. He said, you need to name that segment now. Dan O'Toole, Savvy Gambler, not Gambler. Why not? Bill's Chiefs. I said the over would hit. The over was 55. I said the final score would be 42-30. The final score was 42-36. Dan O'Toole, Savvy Gambler, one for one. And for those of you who reached out to me on Twitter, said, I hope you took the over. Yeah, I practice what I preach, bud. That's what I do. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that quarterback battle was unreal. A lot of people don't like the overtime format. I'm in agreement. Bills didn't get a chance. You should be. That's like giving a team the puck in overtime and like these guys get it. These guys get it for uh, for five minutes. And then if they don't score, then uh, you get a chance for five minutes. Not fair. So this week, here's your Dan O'Toole Savvy Gambler. We've got uh, Bengals Chiefs, Niners Rams. Bengals Chiefs over under again. Two teams, you add up their points. If they hit this number over or under the total, then you win. So if you take the under 54 and a half, 
if the the score is 22-20, that's 44, 40, 20, did I say 22-20? That's 42 points. That's the under. 54 and a half. I'm taking the over. It's going to be a 34-30 final. I don't pick the winners. I just pick the winning bet. So you're you're all set. Oh, excuse me. Little, bear with me. Little, little burp wanted to come out. Um. Thanks for uh, letting me know you saw the commercial. The commercial that was shot down here. Uh, people sent me screen grabs. Uh, they uh, they they said they enjoyed it. They, a lot of people found boomsies because they saw the commercial. If you noticed, you saw it on uh, certain networks, not on one. They don't want our money. We don't want that, they said. So, uh, so yeah, that's boomsies. I have to tell you, I didn't even let my producers know this because, uh, first off, Andrew, Z-Money, Need some windshield washer fluid. I said, Andrew, I would help you out, bud, but it's in the trunk of my car and my car's not here. <sighs> so Friday morning, wake up and it was coldest day of the year. It was minus 30 here in Ontario. I told the girls, I said, I think you're getting the morning off school. No chance this car starts. Again, I'm not driving like a, a 1982 Tercel, which Great car. I bet you a lot of those still on the road. I've got a, a 2017 car. Bought it when I moved back here from uh, from the United States. Love it. I put a lot of kilometers on it. It's a 2017. I have 207,000 kilometers on it. <laughs> Honest. Yeah, it's a highway miles, though, if you want to buy it. All highway. One owner. So it was minus 30. Dropped the kids off at school. The car started. And I get back and uh, go to the upstairs uh, bathroom for my morning constitution and go hit the, the flushie. Yeah, pipes are frozen. After what I had just done to that toilet, the pipes were frozen. Again, two years ago, I would have lost my marbles. Instead, I started laughing. I'm like, here we are. Oh, Gil, we did it again. So I dealt with uh, dealt with that mess. Then I had to take the, uh, take the one cat in for shots. I am keeping a veterinarian hospital in business. Took the kitten for his rabies shots or whatever shots cats get. While I'm there. Greg Keeler from Blue Rodeo pulls up. He's picking up horse meds or something or cat meds. He was just picking up medication for his pet. Uh, that's the joy of living in a small town. You see a Blue Rodeo Canadian legend just pull up. So get the car, the cat back here. I had a scheduled appointment for my car because a, a rear view camera was not working. I said, I need to get this fixed. That light's been on. Uh, it's annoying. So uh, on my way into the dealership, the the check engine light comes on. I'm like, this this is weird. It's like, why is that? So a little picture of the engine comes up. I'm like, I call them. I'm like, guys, just so you know, in case I forget when I get there, can you check that light? They're like, yeah, no problem. No problem at all. So I drop the car off, explain, uh, exchange pleasantries with the guys. They're great there. I won't say the dealership name in case this comes off wrong. I uh, go on my way. They give me a, a loaner. They're always great like that. I'm doing my, I'm doing my running around and I get a call. I'm like, uh, Dan, I'm like, yep. Hell yellow. Uh, Dan, your engine, it's gone. I'm like, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, your engine, she gone said, but I dropped my car off to get a camera fixed. He said, yeah, it's, uh, you need a new car. 
so I so I'm thinking I'm like my check engine light comes on. Was that my engine like saying goodbye? It was like uh, I'm out. I'm out of here. Here's a photo of me. I confirmed because I talked about this on our trailer podcast when I went to buy a car once. Before I pulled it out of the place, the guy's like, do you want to make sure there's an engine here? And again, I was thinking like, how many, how many people have pulled out with an engine? Because that'd be tough. There was an engine in this car. I had just put windshield washer fluid in a week before. So the engine was still there when I dropped it off. So I'm 99% certain that was a working engine, but now she no work. So if you've got a used engine, send us an email to, yeah, that's YA, let's talk at gmail.com. So talk about a, a day. Talk about literally. I started in ended dealing with shit. uh i yeah i just i just came home and i just laid on the couch i'm like if i move are my legs just gonna fall off the way things are going i am sitting on this couch and not moving for the rest of the day and i turn the turn the tv on and oh new ozarks out i'm like this is this is great so, you know, if you've watched a show, you're like, I don't need to see the credits. I love all the work these people have done, the great opening shots, but I don't need to see it. But there's a recap at the start of this season's Ozark. I skipped the recap and then I couldn't go back to it. So I'm like, what the? So my cousin Eric called. Talk about an old guy conversation. He did the recap for me. He didn't act it out. But he gave me the recap and I'm like, okay, who's Ben? He's like, he's the brother. I'm like, the old guy? No, that was another guy. Ben? Yeah, he's dead. What happened to him? Anyway, I'm all caught up on Ozark. My question about that place, does anyone have a dishwasher? 90% 90% of the show is them washing dishes. And it's never sunny there. I know it's a gloomy field of the show, but give someone some joy. I want to see someone basking in a beautiful sunny day and smiling. But uh, it reminded me of my Jason Bateman experience. I mentioned this on a, a previous podcast with Jay and I. There was a uh, there was a day I was waiting to fly back to Canada from LA, sitting right by the uh, the gate there. I think I was having like a clubhouse sandwich, fueling up for that uh, that plane ride. And a guy comes up to me. He's like, "Yeah, hey, I really liked Horrible Bosses." I'm like. Ah, the second one wasn't that good. He's like, no, no, it was really good. Mind if I get a picture? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So he's taking this picture. He's like, yeah, man, I really like those movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're okay. I'm like, that's weird. And then a train of people start coming out from the kitchen. They're like, horrible bosses, man. Great movie. I'm like, after the second photo was taken, I'm like, they think I'm Jason Bateman. And now... I had to go along with it. So I think of these poor people. Well, they weren't poor. They had money. I just felt bad for them because they're showing this photo to their friends and saying, look, I got a photo with Jason Bateman. And like, who the hell is that? That's not Jason Bateman. That guy's got a dishwasher. I've never seen him wash dishes. Uh, so yeah, it's, it is what it is. So I apologize. Hopefully those people have now found this podcast and they're like, Hey, there's that guy. Yeah. No, that, or that picture's long since been deleted because they're pretending that never happened because they're so embarrassed that they thought I was Jason Bateman. 
Hey, you do what you do. Uh, oh, the news of the day. I'm supposed to. Oh, first I wanted to. My plan all along. So I, once I knew I was going to be doing a podcast, I'm like, I should read a joke a day. Because I have this book called Great One-Liners. There's a little bookstore that's open in the summer right by me. Every book's a dollar. They've got like 20,000 books. I go in there and buy 50 books. One of the jokes here is this one. Everything that used to be a sin is now a disease. And they credit that to Jay Moore. I know Jay. So I sent a video of me reading that. Crediting that to him. His response was, I've never said that in my life. And secondly, it makes no sense. So, so I bought a book of lies. That's what I did. This isn't a book of jokes. It's a book of lies. But there is one good one in here. You ready? Here we go. When I die, I want to die like my grandfather, peacefully in my sleep, not screaming like all the other passengers in his car. See, I'm horrible. I'm horrible joke teller because I start laughing before the freaking thing's over. Let me try that again. When I die, I want to die like my grandfather, peacefully in my sleep, not screaming like all the passengers in his car. <laughs> That's a good one. Write it down. As Hal Roach would say. Hal Roach, a famous Irish comedian. Oh, the news of the day. Right. Tim and Andrew uh, Z Money, sorry, uh, put together news of the day that I'm supposed to go through. Most of it, I don't even, I don't even get to. Like uh, the robot umpires. I tried to see video of this. Robot umpires being used in AAA games. Uh, sure. I don't, I tell me when the real thing happens. I don't know that's ever going to happen. Um, the queen hires a part-time housekeeper for minimum wage. I started watching that movie Spencer. My takeaway is all the, uh, the Royal living places are cold. So... I'm assuming the queen is kind of out of touch with how most people like the temperature of homes and also probably out of touch with the pay for an employee, especially if she's employed by the royal family. $16 an hour. I wonder if the queen gets clogged pipes, not <laughs> frozen pipes. We got a clogger. And then they sent a cat TikTok video uh, in which uh, a woman is bringing her cat to the vet. And the cat dropped a big deuce next to her. And all, all she's doing during the car ride is <laughs> like she's gagging. She's a gagger. <laughs> It'll remind me of the time I was driving uh, with my dog PK. My family was in the car. He was a little dog. He was cute. He was Shih Tzu and something else. And he, he did the old circle on the passenger seat next to me because everyone was sitting in the back because PK got the front seat for some reason. And he did the old circle. What do you do? When you're driving 120 down the highway, they just dropped a big loaf right on the, the passenger seat. And luckily the seats were leather or pleather. I don't know if it was real leather. That was my old... Lexus ES 300 in which I drove to the 500,000 kilometers on it. That motor, it's, it's probably still going. That motor didn't wave by. I never saw a photo of that motor once. So yeah, there was a lot of gagging, a lot of windows open. And then PK's kind of confused. Like, where do I sit now? There's a big dump here. Who's going to clean this up? I'm like, ah, I don't, I'm driving. I don't know. Hopefully someone else will take care of it. I had a uh, old boss, Kelly Boyd, up in uh, Fort McMurray, Alberta. 
And um, we went to the NHL draft the year Scotty Upshaw was drafted. I think that was the year 2000 or 2001. Scotty was the pride of Fort McMurray. He played on the Oil Barons, the team that we uh, did the broadcast for. So we're like, we have to be there when he gets drafted. So we drive down. We have a big night out at the bar. Me and my friend Andrew Boudelier, Boots. Someone ordered shots. I, I hate shots. Um, and I did one. And the shot wanted to come back up. He's like, uh, I want out of where you just put me. So I'm like, being the respectable gentleman that I am, I looked for a vessel in which I could deposit this shot back into. After it had checked out what my stomach was like. And I saw an empty glass. So I, we were standing at like a bar table. I, I grabbed the empty glass. Perfect fill. Didn't overflow. Nothing. Right to the brim. Set it back down while I, uh, I kind of composed myself. Turns out that was Kelly's, Kelly's glass, my boss. And while I was composing myself, he went to take a drink from this glass that was now filled with hot vomit. It didn't touch his lips. He didn't drink any, but once he felt the heat, and then looked at the glass. I found out that Kelly is a gagger. So he was ah! Ah! had to run out of the bar. I'm apologizing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm done in this industry. Done. I didn't fire me. So rest in peace, Kelly. He passed away a few years ago. Great guy. Miss him. Miss him all the time. Um, we used to have phone chats. Uh, yeah. So Kelly, this one's for you, buddy. Okay. Um, wow. We're really talking about some great topics here. Puking. Um, wanted to get some, to some viewer feedback before we get to our guest, John Morris, Canadian Olympian, Canadian Briar champ. Just an all-around great guy. Uh, this guy uh, sent this. Uh, Chris Zaccarini. That's a Zaccarini. He had a bunch of questions. Where did you blew it come from? We did you blew it on our old show. That came from Tim and Eric. Tim and Eric, uh, Jay and I's favorite comedians. And they had a, a thing on their show all the time. You blew it. So that's where that came from. How did Jay and you meet? At work. How's everything been on your end? Good. This from Benjamin Sutter. One question for you. Would producer Tim ever get on the mic on future podcasts? No. I would love to hear you interact with him. No, you don't. Ken Garvey. I know this human. He went to high school with my, uh, my brother Vince. He almost once died at my farm. We were uh, bailing hay. It was at the top of the barn and there's a, there's a chute that goes down to the bottom level that you can throw hay down from. Ken almost fell down that. My brother grabbed him by the belt as he was about to plummet to his death. Ken's still alive and sending emails. So that's good. Hey Dan, enjoying the new podcast. The references to growing up on the farm bring back many great memories for me of time spent at your place. I think you should consider making Vince a regular segment on future shows. Great idea, Ken. I'll see if Vince is available. Tom Lord. Fun fact, my wife's family has a cottage in Buckhorn, Ontario. Without fail, every time we pass by Orno on route, I mention to all passengers in the car that Dan O'Toole lives there. Who's Dan, who's Dan O'Toole? Was a common question early on. But now they're well aware of your fame and importance. I made sure of it. I've yet to actually turn down the road into Orno, but it's on my life's bucket list, as it sounds like a magical place based upon your descriptions. Well, Tom, take that turn. And it's also good to have small goals on your bucket list. Not like go on a safari in Africa. That's a great bucket list item, but hard to achieve, especially with a pandemic. And it costs a lot. Last year, one of my bucket list items was going to Giant Tiger. Giant Tiger is a Canadian 
retail chain. I don't know if they're all over Canada. But my goal was to go to a giant tiger. And now I love it. Uh, the GT Boutique. That's what they call it. You know why I love it? You walk in. They'll have lettuce right next to the socks. Not, not like the food section isn't next to the, the clothing section. They're just like, hey, lettuce is on sale. So are these socks. Let's put them in these bins side by side. Perfect. I'm wearing Giant Tiger socks right now. I actually emailed them. Um, this is a few years ago. And I said, you should have your mascot as a stuffy. Because he's a tiger, but he looks like he just likes to have fun. He doesn't look, he doesn't look like he lives in a tiger park. He looks like he likes the indoors. And he wouldn't maul you and eat you to death. I guess you could be eaten and not to death. You could just be eaten, chewed on. He wouldn't chew on you. Giant Tiger, there's your slogan. Giant Tiger, our mascot won't chew on you. Uh, this is from Max. Hey, Dan, Tim and the other. Hey, Dan, Tim and the other guy. That's Z money to you. Great to have you back in my ears and eyes. Dan, we met in Victoria at a live pod. And while I was dry. Okay, let me start. Dan, we met in Victoria at a live pod. And while I was dry, my friend was extremely sweaty. And you asked him if he did CrossFit on the way to the show. I laughed and still do whenever I think of it. Nah. Thanks, Max. It's a great way to describe yourself. I was dry. My friend was extremely sweaty. Um, this is from uh, Andre. What do I take from the pandemic? I ask people things you would take from the pandemic. We move too fast, too much, too soon all the time. It reminded me to get on the bike and take it all in at once. Take it all in once in a while. We used to live in actual communities. When we lost that place to our shop, that place to eat or that event to attend or that office to commute to, we returned to our families, our friends, our neighbors. And despite the stress and the anxiety, it simplified life and let us refocus on priorities. Andre, you hit the nail on the head, bud. We have returned to community-like feel because everyone's stuck at home. So you're having longer chats with your neighbors. You know your neighbor's names now. I do. My one neighbor's Dan. My one neighbor's. My one neighbor's Dan. The guy across the street's Dan. It's Dan Town. That's why I want to have a Dan Fest here. And there's a band called the Dan Band. So Dan Fest. There will be no frozen pipes. Just a bunch of Dan's. Dan's get in free. Everyone else pays full price. Uh, one more here um, before we get to our guest. Again, thanks for all these emails. Um, this is from Michael Hull. Hey, Dan and the gang. I'm an Australian living in Barhead, Alberta. G'day, mate. I've been living in Canada for about 10 years. I discovered you and Jay by accident. One morning, I tuned into SportsCenter. Oh, I can't do an Aussie accent. It's a tough one. One morning, I tuned into SportsCenter with Jay and Dan. Since then, I've been hooked. I remember you mimicking an Aussie accent. <laughs> Sounded more English to me. Put another shrimp on the barbie. He didn't put that, but uh, hopefully that brings it back home. Um, one more here. Oh, no. I had to actually get to a note. Uh, hang on. I Can someone help with the papers here? My filing system? Oh, yeah. I wanted to give a special hello to Master Warrant Officer Les Wilson. Um, spoke to Les yesterday. Uh, sent me a great email. Uh, I read every word. Uh, I'm proud that you live in our country. You served this country. You still call it home. I'm thinking of you. I'm rooting for you. Um, three episodes in, and I said this to us yesterday, I said, 
this is just based on my feeling and the feedback that people send in on email and social media. It's got a community feel. We aren't here to, to make fun of anyone. We aren't here to, to put across a political view. We're just here to just hang out. So I think our collective effort together, just put those good vibes out there for less. Uh, wish you nothing but peace and love, buddy. Um, so send all that Lee's way. Just send them everything. Hit full send to less in Ottawa. We talked about Ottawa. Great city. He hasn't been able to really explore it because of the pandemic. That's uh, the case for a lot of people. Um, are we are we okay to read a couple more? Tim said we're well over an hour. Sure, one more then. Uh, this is from Dean. This is the last one, and then we're getting to Johnny, because Johnny, I, I can see him in Zoom here all lined up. Dean, I'm thinking about starting graduate school at the University of Calgary next fall. Care to share your thoughts on the city? Calgary, awesome city. Love it. Highly recommend it. You got the Stampede. You got Chinooks. You got skiing close by. Calgary, top notch. And our guest has been there plenty, I'm sure. Let's dial up John Morris. Damn the- <laughs> What's up, big fella? Not much. You were in the meeting before me, and I scheduled it. Well, you know what? I just, uh, my, my coach thought it was a few minutes earlier, but it's all good, man. I've been, I got a few snacks. I'm kind of just in between uh, interviews. So it's a, it's a big blitz day for us. So I got lots on the go. Okay. What are we snacking on? Did I see Triscuits? I got some roasted garlic Triscuits and I got some, uh, haste chocolate haystacks from the holidays that I'm still crushing. Like it's my job. All right. So no judgment. All right, pal. No, no judgment at all. So that's the breakfast of an Olympic champion. Well, or, I wouldn't and no call snack, it snack of Olympic. Exactly. I, w- I was going to say, we're doing actually a cooking show tonight. I know that, you know, you got, you're a pretty busy man these days, but if you want to tune in, Rachel and I are doing a little homemade pasta and pesto chicken tonight. So feel free to tune in. Okay. Okay. So give us the tips. Um, I see the thing is I don't like pesto. Ooh, well, you know what? You can just omit that and just do straight up butter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's what I make every night for my kids. Well, oh, yeah. my Ruby, she if she can eat pasta with butter and Parmesan cheese every night, she would. Yeah, it's pretty much a kid staple, isn't it? I'm with you. I got two youngsters too, and I'm pretty sure they would eat that like seven days a week, 365 days a year, you know? <laughs> so, Johnny, the last time we saw each other was in South Korea. Yeah, we're going to tell some stories from that uh, great trip we let's, had. Let's do one. it. Well, here's the thing, because after you won gold in South Korea, I should have kind of known this, but if you got a gold medal in your pocket, you get in anywhere. So that's why we're like, yep, we're coming. Yeah, well, you know what? It was, if you want, I'm going to tell you a few of my favorite stories from from uh, Korea. Uh, and, and you're part of them, obviously, because it's, you know. We'll we tell them we're them. recording now anyway. Okay, so my first one, I remember this yeah. one, because when I heard, okay, Dan's having you on for the podcast, I'm like, oh, one of my favorite memories of Pyeongchang, because it wasn't like Vancouver, where there's a party at every corner, and like, it's like, okay, it's Korea, everything shuts down at 9 p.m., it's not the yeah. most exciting of times here, so, you know, but we're Canadian, we had to make, we, and you guys didn't work till three o'clock every day, right? Correct. So, so essentially, I remember the, the one time, what was it, your, what was that driver's name you had? Oh God. And he was driving the, um, the, the, van, right? min, the minivan was not roadworthy, but it had a dragon on the side of it. So we called it the dragon mobile. Okay. So it, we went in the dragon mobile. We went up to the mountain. We we're watching all these cool sports. And then, you know, we probably, it was posed after we'd already won. So we were having a few beverage, few cocktails yep. to celebrate. And we had, you know, the munchies, it's like midnight. You guys are dropping me off at the village. And you're like, man, it'd be it'd be great if there was something open that we could get something to eat at right now. And I'm like, hang tight, fellas. I'll be back in 10 minutes. And I go in and I go to Mc, uh, McDonald's. 
And I remember I put like this massive order in, I think a bunch of McChickens, McNuggets, QP with cheese. And then I come back out and you know, it's like Fort Knox get into the athletes Olympic village. Yeah. So there's this like 10 foot high fence and you and you and Jay are on the other side. And I throw this like big bag of McDonald's <laughs> over to you That's guys. Right. And it's like, finally we could eat after midnight in Korea. So that was uh that was one of my favorite memories for sure. I thought you were going to, I think that was after the night where we went and it was like a polka band playing <laughs> in some hotel. We just showed up and it was an amazing evening with live music. Well, that was at the Slovakia house. So the Slovakia so, house, right? Yes. So, so here's the Slovakia house story is we, uh, the night before the Olympics, it's like, we've just won the semifinals and I'm out with my folks as, as you know there's not a lot to do in pyeongchang it's pretty quiet so so there's this slovakia house that's kind of taken over this little bar or restaurant for the olympics and the night before we go in and they're just like super friendly and they're treating us like they don't even know i'm an i'm a i'm an athlete eh? no. and my dad being my proud dad is like okay uh to our host is like you know that this guy's playing in a gold medal game tomorrow for curling because you know they had the, the hockey game on watching slovakia up there and and I guess Slovakia didn't have a lot of like metal contenders at the, at the Olympics that year. So, so my dad's kind of pumping my tires being a dad. And so they're, they're, they're giving us a few beers. We're trying this goulash. It's like an amazing night. And I'm like, you guys are so friendly. I'm like, you know what? If we win tomorrow, I'm like, first of all, make sure you show curling, make sure you show the gold medal match in here. So we got to expose Slovakians to curling, right? we got to yeah, grow yeah. the sport. But if we win tomorrow, we're coming in here and we are going to celebrate like it's 1999 at the Slovakian house because there's no there's not too many other places to celebrate. So, yeah. you know, next thing, uh, you know, next thing, uh, you know, we've won the gold medal. We link up with Jay and Dan and we get in there and it's like, man, they got these hats on us. We got, you know, we're a polka bands playing the Pilsner or Kel or whatever they're serving us is flowing. Yep. And uh, it was one of uh, my favorite nights. And I actually, I got a message from, I got, I got a message from someone who like saw this Slovakian news piece and it's like that party and us like doing, doing some media. And I usually never do media after a few, few beverages, you know, yeah. but cool. we'd had a few and, and they show they're like, this is the best, media footage i've ever seen it's all of us in these hats dancing to the polka and being being legit canadian beauties they say so well i thought you were going to say you got a message from them with a pre-invite for when you arrive in beijing well i w- i'm not sure how that's all going down like we're on lockdown there so i know that we're village central only until uh we only have two days after the uh our our uh, gold medal game's over that we can actually kind of get out of the bubble or so I'm not sure. It's kind of a, I wish, I wish it was like Pyeongchang and I'm, I would pray to have Jay and Dan back there to be able to hang out with post post celebration, but who knows what we're going to be walking into. So are you hearing from athletes through other media outlets? Everyone seems kind of on edge because you're like, okay, I've trained, I've worked up for this and then one positive test and then it's all over. So you, like you said, you have to put yourself in a bubble essentially. Yeah, it's been uh, different. You know, the, the prep has been different. We're in, we're in the mountains right now in Canmore. We got our, we got our little mini bubble with, which are with our coach and Rachel and I, and uh, essentially it's like, I got a little ghetto garage man cave gym that we're training in, in the mornings. And then in the afternoons we're like the curling club is very nicely just given us the, you know, full isolation there to practice perfect uh, uh and the good thing is you know we got it's like the the mecca of the outdoors here so we're like snowshoeing we've gone ice fishing and we're just trying to stay really mentally in a good place which is pretty much the best place i think in canada for that here so that's been nice uh but yeah it, it's uh it's definitely a little higher stress i think for the athletes because it's not about you know, battling the best of the best in the world, it could come down to survival of the fittest and whichever athletes are, you know, are get over there and are safe. Yeah. So, you know, that's a pretty big part of our prep, unfortunately, but uh, that's just part of the world, I guess, these days. Your Olympic experience runs the gamut. This is your third. So your first one, Vancouver, you, you have a home Olympics, like that's unreal. Then the second one is in Pyeongchang. Uh, and now you have the COVID winter Olympics. So I think you hit the trifecta. 
You hit them all. You hit that's them all. Triple crown, eh? <laughs> well, I remember that's where I first met you, Dan. Was uh, I was we? You knew our coach, uh, Paul Webster from Peterborough, right. Ontario, correct? That's right, correct. So he's like, he's like, guys, uh, right before the Olympics, he's like, guys, do you want to, you want to, want to have dinner with Dan O'Toole? And we're like, heck yeah, man! It's like one of our, <laughs> one of our sportscaster heroes. So we 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 met at a at a Earl's pre games in Vancouver, as you do, yes, that's and what you um, want to do. You betcha. So we uh, had a great dinner there and, and that's where we first met. And that was like the, I don't think you could ever get a better Olympics than, than Vancouver, home soil Olympics. Like you, you were able to witness that one too. And that was, man, it was just so cool how it really brought our country together. And it really was like, you know, just an amazing experience with all the fans that came in and, and having at that Olympics, we had, 40 probably 40 or 50 friends and family that that came in for it and just I don't know it's it's hard to beat that but and you know Pyeongchang was definitely a different experience still very good experience but 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 different uh, in many ways and this one even though it's another uh, you know Olympics it's over in Asia it will be a significantly different experience but at the end of the day Dan this is how I see it okay you don't get too many opportunities to wear the red and white and whether it's in Timbuktu or, you know, Calgary, Alberta, or your home Olympics to have a chance and opportunity to wear, to wear your, your, the maple leaf on your back and represent your country and go to battle to try to win a gold medal. You know what, to me, that's a privilege anywhere you go. And if I got to get 40 ear swabs or nose swabs or whatever the heck we got to do this year to, to get, make that happen, then so be it. And, um, I just feel very honored and grateful to be able to wear that maple leaf. That's an amazing attitude. And I, I want to go back to Vancouver. So I went to one Olympic event with my father ever. It was that gold medal curling match. So I witnessed gold being won with the flag going up because it's an in-venue medal ceremony, which is rare because most of them, you're, they're done later at uh, a separate venue. But watching that flag go up, I'm in Canada the flag was directly in front of this, uh, in front of us. I'm there with my dad. It's, it's one of those feelings. It's tough to top. So how was it for you watching that flag go up? Oh, that was, I like, don't know. You must like every, every memory from when you started curling at five to like all your coaches. I just, I couldn't, I would bust out of my seams <laughs> standing on the ice watching that. Well, you know what? I remember watching the Olympics when I was 10 years old, the 88 games. And that's the first time I watched the Olympics on TV and was like, I cannot, you know, my, I have a lifelong dream now to represent Canada at the Olympics. It's such a cool, amazing athletic and sport experience. And I want to be there. And that kind of drove me uh, for many years and to be able to finally get there. It was surreal. I have to say it was it was absolutely surreal to be able to be, you know, with your good friends on that podium with all your family and friends, like in the crowd crying. And, you know, it's just was, um, I, you know, I would give so much to relive that month and that moment because that that's something that'll never happen again. And it's just something that, you know, it kind of is a little bit of a blur. So it just, you know, it's just, uh, you know, as a, you remember it very, cause that's something yeah you experienced with your father and you probably have a really good memory of it that way. And, yeah, and what do you guys threw through us? Your flowers, even I got yeah, some of your flowers. Right. That's right. Yeah. There's no point. And, and, know, so. and where did you watch that gold medal game? Because I watched it uh, at a bar with my brother and then walking through the streets of Vancouver after. And I'm like, if only the entire world could be like this cops yeah. are hugging people. The people are drinking on the street. The cops are high fiving them. I'm like, this is the best of humanity. You're right. That was, you know, and it didn't matter what culture you're from or what walk of life. Everyone was just uh, all in in harmony. And I have yeah. to say, I have to say that was Canada at its absolute best. And it made me so proud to be Canadian. And this is, uh, you know, so, so being in the village there, we got to meet Sidney Crosby and Marc-Andre Fleury and um, who else? Shea Weber was in there. Okay. So, so us being curlers, you know, we, we, uh, you know, everyone thought the Olympic village was a big party. It isn't, it's pretty, you know, athletes are serious. And, you know, when you don't know other countries, there's not a lot of partying going on. So they, they had a vitamin water bar. Okay. So like 
It's like all you can drink vitamin water. Not, <laughs> not super exciting, Dan. Okay. It wasn't, uh, you know, so what happened was we went gold on the Saturday and then the Sunday we get an invite to, you know, all of a sudden, like, it's funny as how it works at the Olympics. You know, you, you, when, you know, everyone wants the ticket to the men's hockey games, right. Right. To the Canadian hockey games. It's like, that's what we were, where everyone wants to go. And when you're in the Olympics, you get like, okay, you get a few tickets thrown at you. If you put requests in, they're usually pretty good about it. But that men's hockey final was like the hottest ticket. And we were asking all week and, and it was like, ah, oh, we might have an extra ticket. And then we win gold. And it's like, where do you want to sit? You know, like, <laughs> so, and so we had, a, we got amazing seats. They had a box for us and we're like, you know what? We're not sitting in the box. Cause we got, we had an offer for seats like 10 rows up. Uh, and we're like, we want to be in the, in the stands with the fans, the Canadian fans. So we sat there and it was crazy. We didn't have to buy a beer the entire game. Cause it was like, everyone was just passing us beers. And, and we were 10 rows up when Sydney scored, scored that goal. And we kind of had bonded with a few of those guys that week in the village playing ping pong and whatsoever. So us being Canadian curlers after we'd won, we're like, you know what? It's the last day of the Olympics. We got to smuggle a little bit of, we got to smuggle some non-vitamin water into the village, okay? <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, so what we did that night is, is it was a, it was such a good time. We went into, uh, everyone was back in the village and we're in this vitamin water bar and we go and we, we tell Sid and, and, uh, and Mark Andre Fleury, we're like, guys, if you want non-vitamin water, go to the end of the bar and talk to Jose <laughs> over there and he's going to fill you up with what you want. So we kind of smuggled in the goods and we ended up kind of staying up with those guys till three or four in the morning. And it was one of the, the best parties I've ever been part of. I'll tell you that. Much. Oh, see, so you, the Olympic experience is different for everyone, but I was driving around today. Now I've never been to a briar. How many briars you've done? 12, 12 briars. Sure. I, I don't count. But I'm probably right there. <laughs> Here's the comparison. I think between the briar and the Olympics, if you look at just the curling sector, the Olympics is kind of like the Super Bowl in which it's very corporate and it's it's tough to find parties. But the Grey Cup, if you want a party, you go to the Grey Cup for a championship game. That's my comparison between the Olympics and their curling to the Briar and curling. So the Briar, if you want to have the best time of your life with no corporate attitude, the Briar is the place for you. While the Olympics, it's an experience, but it's it's very corporate. Would my comparison be correct? I would say you nailed it. Okay. You, you absolutely nailed it. Uh, the, the briar, what they're known for is their the briar p- uh, patch. Oh, yeah. Right? I've We're- got many calls from people in the briar patch. You don't <laughs> want to accept it. You have to accept it, but you can't hear anything that's going yeah. on. Oh, it's they got some great <laughs> bands going in there. And I know a lot of people that will go to the briar and have tickets to the game. But guess what? They ain't making it out of the briar patch. So they ain't <laughs> making it to the game. So it's a wonderful time, and, and it's just that's part of the aura of and the tradition of the Briar. Uh, and if you haven't been to one, I have to say, Dan, uh, I probably playing in my last one this year in Lethbridge. Okay, oh, and, the windy city. Yeah, it is very windy. So uh, <laughs> if, if you can make it to that one, I would be happy to have you. And if not, you know, when I'm done a men's curling, and there's one, my favorite one I've ever been to in Ontario was in Kingston, Ontario. It was a few years ago and it's like a, it's like a university city. There were some great pubs. We went to this one night and it was tragically hip karaoke night. Oh, boy. it was awesome. So if, uh, if you've never been to one, I would love to kind of meet you at one, one day and we can, I'll show you a real true Briar experience and we can, uh, we can do it upright. How's that? What sound? are the dates of that in Lethbridge? Let me write it down. March 4th to the 12th. Look at you. I didn't think you'd know it off the top of your head. 4th to the 12th, March. Yeah. Okay. And Tim, uh, write that down. Thanks, buddy. There we go. So <laughs> I'd love to host you, pal. And it's uh, I I need to go. I can't believe I'm Canadian and I haven't been to a briar. You betcha. It's well worth it. And as long as the patch is open, which I think it's going to be, then it'd be worthwhile, uh, worthwhile coming to, pal. Okay. Uh, one final question. When I saw you in Pyeongchang, you had your gold medal, I believe, in a sock. Do you keep your two gold medals still in socks? Well, I got, I keep both my gold medals and cause we never got a case for them. Uh, I actually keep them. I've upgraded from my used smelly sock in Pyeongchang. And I now have a purple crown Royal bag is my <laughs> 2010 one. And I got this like vintage, uh, 
uh, a gold crown Royal bag. And I, those are my, those are my two bags for my Olympic medals. So. And an add on, do you bring them with you to an Olympics or is that bad luck? No chance. No, they're in, uh, my friend actually keeps him in his locked up in his, uh, he's got a, a storage box in a bank, uh, because if they ever get stolen or lost, they never get replaced. So I have given them to my most responsible friend, Art Zimmerman, and he is the holder of the medals. And uh, there's no better place that, for them to be. They're they're in under lock and key. Okay, that's great, uh, Johnny. You um you travel safe. You and Rachel are mi- the mixed doubles team. Um, you are. We are so proud to have you representing us, and I know how proud you are to represent Canada. Be safe and. Uh, why not bring back a third gold? Just do it. <laughs> That's the plan, big fella. And I got to give you kudos for the, the Garth. Who is that? Garth Yorg? Garth Orge. Gar- Gar- Garth and, Orge. And, and do you know who this is? No, he looks like uh, some sort of older WWF wrestler. King Kong Bundy. Holy smokes. I love the retro, man. I'm a big listen, Jays fan. So. Listen to this. This is a freaking weapon. You could murder oh. a human with this. All right. I will not get, get, I will not be arresting <laughs> you with the, with King Kong Bundy near us. All right. What the heck? The whole team's here. Oh, uh, Rachel just came in for, yeah, she had another zoom video. She's coming off us. Of, so well, get her in here. Can we say hi to Rachel? Betcha. She's in. See you guys. Johnny Mo out. Rachel in. Johnny Mo out. Rachel in. Rachel, what's going on? Well, this is a, a tag team combo. I love it. <laughs> How's it going? Where are you? I'm in my basement. As you look like you're in a basement. <laughs> uh, I've gone from covering Olympics to sitting in my basement talking to Olympians. Perfect. You can't go anymore. Um, are you ready? Are you sick of testing? Are are you are you nervous? What's going on? Are all of the above? Um, I mean, the training's been awesome here. We couldn't have asked for anything better. Um, obviously, just a little bit on edge with the, the COVID situation and doing everything we can to avoid people, which kind of sucks. Sometimes, um, we were able to chat with, uh, some people when we were ice fishing at a socially distanced <laughs> space, yeah. but that's about the only interaction we've had here, um, with the outside world. So I, I, had, a, I had a question I didn't ask Johnny and I've always wondered this about curlers. Are you extremely worried or not worried at all about the ice before you get there seeing as you've never, ever curled on it? <laughs> Um, I think we, we kind of are used to that as curlers. You just show up and the ice is what it is and, uh, you make some adjustments, whatever way you need to, to make sure that, uh, you can make all the shots. So, um, I think it's more just excitement to get over there and get to practice and, and learn the ice. And, um, really at the end of the week, it's whoever learned the ice the best that, uh, is probably standing on, on, uh, on the podium at the end. I have one last question. Cause I know you guys are busy. Are you old enough to have ever competed in a wood cord bond spiel where you use wood as your rocks? As a rock. Oh my gosh. No, uh, that's, 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 that's what I grew up with. We would have a bond spill every year with my school and we'd show up at the rink and there'd just be a bunch of nails that are bent, put in the top of pieces of wood. I don't know, Johnny, have you done that before? Heck no. I, I maybe, uh, you're showing your age here. Maybe well, some- I am 46. <laughs> Maybe a few milk, uh, frozen milk jugs or, you know, I've done a few of those out on the rink, but never, never a wood cords. That sounds, uh, sounds interesting. And Everybody my, had to get uh, your tetanus shot before you played. We should have. And I always played with shady characters. So they distract the other team. We get up while we're counting things up and they give a little nudge with the foot and say, ah, looks like we won this one <laughs> because there was a prize table and the better you did, the bigger the prize you got. So. All bets are off when you're playing wood cord curling. Yeah. No, I'm not even old enough to have used a corn broom, sadly. I've tried it out a couple times, but I don't think I would have been any good. Okay. Well, make sure you bring the right kind of broom. Um, don't bring a corn broom because are they even illegal? Can you use them? You cannot. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> because they leave debris, right? Yeah. Um, well, you could use it to slide. You can, you can use anything, I think, to slide with. Um, but you can't sweep with a cornbread now. And, and by this is always a fixture on our set here. I like the it. curling mug. I've got one of looks, those at home. Looks great. Tough to drink out of when the liquid gets to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Need a straw. Yes. Be it's safe and hurry, hurry hard to Beijing. Thank you so much.
we got John and Rachel, the mixed doubles team representing Canada and coming home with another goal for sure. Uh, I'll get to the rest of the emails next week, but uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, Tim, can I just read one story? Ah, Tim, I don't want to give him too much stress because we've gone over. We'll get into the next week, but that if you're wondering who that is behind me, it's King Kong Bundy this week. Last week was Coco Beware, and we had a story about Coco Beware, which we'll tell on next week's podcast because it is very entertaining and it goes into great details about Coco Beware's parrot. Have a great week. Don't let your pipes freeze and check your motor. Bye. Welcome to Boomsies with Daniel Toosie. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. 